Welcome. It is October 19th, 2020, and we are at, this is a guesstimation, 17 weeks? 17 weeks? After two, uh, two weeks, 14 days to stop the spread. <laughs> so, here we are. I hate feeling like a prophet, but, I mean, what do you want out of me? This is ridiculous. I called this in March, man. This shit ain't going away. I just saw a thing today on um, Facebook. People were talking about, um, by the way, I know I was supposed to leave Facebook, but it, between the people that I have on Facebook that actually do see the stuff that I post and me running the page, which gets more traffic than the Instagram by far, which is my fault. I don't, I don't work on Instagram as much as I should. Um, really, I should start reading up on how these algorithms work and stuff like that. But apparently, I've heard that they've changed things around a lot. So things are really less... How am I supposed to put this? They're less viewed and click-driven, and they're more interaction-driven, like even more than before. Like, Think of it as if everything were to cost something, like if, if it had an actual dollar worth, like a, a like's worth a dollar a views worth 25 cents, uh, any of the other types of reactions, love, care, whatever, blah, 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 are worth, you know, like 250. Angry's worth negative now. The way that it works now is that negative reacts will actually drive a post's uh, reach down dramatically, dramatically. You know how the world is. They just want everything so lovey and fuzzy and warm, so... Anyway, so, and then I would say if, if you get um, shares are probably like $100 bills, man. Like shares are where it's at. And um, yeah, I just, it's crazy to me how there's like this social media currency. Like some people are so fucking stingy with their likes. Like why? It doesn't cost you anything. It's literally free. Like it. Love it. Care it. Like give these people some love, man. Love's free free and there's plenty to go around so hold on a sec let me uh check the audio i want to make sure the audio is doing all right because i'm not using the microphone yeah the audio is actually pretty good i think it even sounds better than through the microphone you get a little bit more background noise and i don't think it's as um i don't know succinct clear clarity i mean i guess that's the point of a microphone but to think what the microphone costs, I feel like. It's not worth. What's the thing the I do I do a lot of homebrew and there's a, these guys, what do they always call it? Utilization. Like it's not enough utilization. You're not getting enough efficiency. Anyway, um, back to the original point. So they were saying on Facebook about how the government in Australia said that the uh, the borders aren't going to open up until December 2021, regardless of what happens, like whether it be it's eradicated worldwide or there's a cure or there's a vaccine or whatever. They've already said, nah, man, like our borders are shut until 2021. So what are you, you going to do, man? What are you going to do? I mean, this entire coronavirus has nothing to do with a virus has everything to do with 
you, the citizen, and giving up rights that took thousands of years to get. We've only had freedom of speech, property, assembly, stuff like that for 300 some odd years, not even. So it only took 300 years for us to become stupid and lazy enough to give them all up for a reason that if anyone did five minutes of research and actually looked into it, they would understand that it's a complete crock. And for me personally, it really hurts when there's people in my life that I'm close to that aren't seeing that this is a false narrative. But, I mean, this is the same people that, you know, bought the government's excuse for raiding Iraq and Afghanistan. So, and I don't say invade, I say raid, because that's literally what we did. We might as well have been pirates. It was that pointless. If anything, those countries are worse off than they were before. Maybe not Afghanistan. I suppose you can have an argument with Afghanistan because the Taliban really is that bad. But in terms of Iraq, there was relative peace, which is why we dealt with Iraq for so long. But anyway, now I'm going off on a completely different tangent. So I'm staying on Facebook because, like... What are your options? That's another point I like about that stuff. It's, what are my options? Where, where am I going to get the kind of social clout that I can get on Facebook? I, it's, there's, yeah, there's Parler, but Parler is completely run by the right wing. And anyone that actually knows me intimately knows that I'm not right wing. I might have very socially conservative views, but when it comes to minimum wage, universal health care, stuff like that, that's where I leave the Republican Party and I move more center-left. So me personally, I believe, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but there's this thing called tacit consent, and it's what governments use to draft you in times of war. It basically says that because you live in a society... You have certain obligations and response. I'm sure they would use this for taxes too. But you have certain obligations and responsibilities to the country that you live in. And just like they have a responsibility to give you roads and clean water, which it's not. Newsflash, if you guys are drinking tap water, yo, man. <laughs> you have no idea what you're drinking. Go out and get a zero water filter ASAP. Anyway, so... I believe that because of tacit consent, a government also has the responsibility to give you health care, to keep you healthy, to keep you upright and breathing as long as possible. Because it, it, there's a good old saying, a country's only as strong as its weakest citizen, you know, so you're only as strong as your weakest link, blah, blah, blah. And I believe in that, and that's one of the things that I appreciate appreciate about Australia. Now, it's not perfect here because, like I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I mentioned in the last podcast, maybe I didn't, but 53% of Australians don't work, 47% do. So how long do you think that's going to be able to be sustainable? Point is, is I have no problem with, as they call it, a safety net for people, for the government to keep people from starving and being homeless and 
et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then it basically gets turned into an incentive. And that's how they're keeping all this stuff afloat with coronavirus in Australia is they're just handing out money. It's like, oh, well, we'll pay 50% of your uh, employee's wage. Like, where does that come from? It doesn't come out of thin air, guys. It just gets us more and more and more in debt to, what is it, the famous 13 families or something? I don't even think it's 13 anymore, man. From what I've been hearing, there's only 30 people that really control things anymore. So I'd be surprised if it's 13 families. Oh, Speaking of, yeah, so I'm looking at my notes here. Yeah, let's just jump into that since we're already talking about how I'm not a Republican. I mean, I may vote Republican, but I may vote Democrat too. I, I really like Tulsi Gabbard. I would have really liked to see her more than some long-forgotten senator from Hawaii. Or no, congresswoman. That's right, because that freaking Hawaiian version of Nancy Pelosi is the senator from Hawaii. But anyway, um, yeah, so I would, I would love to see. There's people on the left that I respect just as much as there's people on the right. And if you guys are smart, you'll learn to... When you're listening to things, and, and this goes especially for when you're watching political shows now, because political shows are 98% opinion. I'd say even 99. 99% of it's opinion, because even that 1%, I could argue, because it's where are they getting the polls from? What's the mean average? You know, who did it? Who paid for it? Blah, 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 blah. So... They can spin things however they want. But anyway, so I don't know if you guys know this. And this I'm sure I, I'm pretty sure I've said on the podcast before. But Fox is owned by Disney. Okay? Fox got bought out in 2019 by Disney. And I'm very curious to see how long it takes for Disney to do its complete takeover over Fox. Because it's only a matter of time now. I mean... <laughs> You may, you may have the Tucker Carlson's for now, but they won't be there 20 years from now. I guarantee it. I don't know how he's still there because I feel like if Disney could, they'd fire him. Now, I know Murdoch's still the majority shareholder, but I don't really give a shit. It's, it's only a matter of time before it's completely pointless to even watch Fox for a right-wing opinion because it's not owned by a right-wing outlet anymore. And that's... Anomaly says something very good on this point, is that another point with not being right-wing is a lot of these right-wingers are not, they're sellouts, dude, they're phonies. Whether it be your Jim Jordans, your Lindsey Grahams, I'm not really sold on Sean Hannity, I think there's, like, he's too, he's always trying to get people really wound up, like, I feel like he's the kind of guy that's really trying to incite but not really, but incite the violence. Like, I don't, I don't get that same vibe from Tucker, like the angry, I don't know. I guess I get angry too, so I can't, I can't say anything. But I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sold on him. And there's a few others. I mean, Chris Wallace was a great example at the debate. I figured out what side he was on. I always thought he was kind of a moderate, but after the relentless harping on the climate change questions to Trump and the white supremacy. I'm like, yeah, all right, well, I know who this guy's getting paid by. 
But anyway, yeah, so you got your Jim Jordans, your Lindsey Grahams, your Sean Hannity's, your Chris Wallace's, your, I don't know, there's other ones on Fox, man. I'm not sold on Dana Perino. I'm not sold on any of those. Like, look at what Megyn Kelly went and did. So I'm not sold on any of those people. And if you're smart, you take both sides of the argument and kind of digest it on your own and then try and figure out where you stand. And I think books can still be that opinionated, but books have a much harder time lying than TV does. So that would be my other suggestion is that if the world is something that you want to learn about, you're not going to learn about it behind a screen. I mean, you might be able to find the right outlets behind a screen, but the real information out there, you got to go look for yourself. You got to read. And one of the things that I do, so if I have something that I read that triggers another thought in me, I don't wait. I ha- I go, boom, right away on the internet, look it up, see it. Who's the... You know, who's the subject matter expert on this? Blah, 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 blah. All right, there's this book. All right, sweet. Let's read it. And that's how you're going to get to the bottom. Because the rabbit hole, in my opinion, is different for everyone. And, and, and a lot of people are looking at, you know, maybe I'm that person for some people, is that they don't want to do any of the legwork. They want me to do it all for them. And I got no problem touching on the big issues, but the purpose of life is is your own journey it's not it's it has nothing to do with what's on tv or the news or politics or anything i'm not saying that those things aren't important they obviously are they obviously can become very important which is what 2020 showed us but the bottom line is is that your evolution your path your goals are your goals not America's goals, not Australia's goals, not the world's goals. It's your goals. And those goals are impervious to everything else around you. And if the lockdowns should have taught us anything is that you can do you can be successful on your own. You can find things to do on your own. And I don't know, maybe it's the military background in me, or maybe it's because I've been to the psych ward, which is basically like prison. You can cope, be happy, be productive, be positive, anywhere. It doesn't matter. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's possible anywhere. And yes, that goes for the most extreme of the extreme of the extreme situations. I mean, if you think concentration camps, if you think POWs, I'm sure that they have their little tricks to the trade on what kept them going and kept them happy and kept them really hopeful for the future. Because if you're not hopeful for the future, well, then what's the point? And this is why you're seeing suicide rates out of control. That was a very sobering statistic that I heard the other day on Alan Jones' shows, talking about how Victorians, because of, uh, what's his name, um, Dan Andrews, that putz, that muppet, that he's literally a Chinese puppet, that's, that's exactly what Dan Andrews is, but, I mean, who isn't in Australia, seriously, quit pretending like they're not all on the, on the payroll, but, anyway, 
Vic, there were three, this is all off the top of my head, so 354 suicides in two months. And for all of Australia last year, there were 752. So, and that's what this stuff's about, guys. It's, it's about getting you as depressed as humanly possible so that they can usher in the next agenda. And I don't like talking about Illuminati and New World Order and this, that, and the other thing. But I've told people this close to me in my life, and I, I think it's a very good way of breaking down what they call a, quote, conspiracy theory. But either the world is run by a very select few of people, a.k.a. the Illuminati, which the Illuminati is most likely just a fall term for these people. It's not smoke and mirrors, man, smoke and mirrors. But it's either the, I like shadow, the shadow government. It's either the shadow government runs everything or everyone in every place in society that has any political, societal, monetary power is just that stupid. And it just blows my mind how often people can accept incompetence as their excuse for why things happen. I mean, you talk to people about what's going on today. It's, oh, well, the politicians are just so stupid. They're so stupid. They're not stupid, dude. They're not. Quit saying it. They're not. They think you're stupid. That's why they talk down to you. That's why they don't do the same things that they ask you to do. That's why Pelosi can't be bothered to wear a mask. That's why Fauci couldn't be bothered to wear a mask. And that's why all the rest of them can... J.B. Pritzker, what did he do? Put Illinois in lockdown and then he fucked off to Wisconsin at his horse farm. They're not you. You're the plebeian. You're garbage. You're a peasant. You're beneath them. That's why they treat you like you're so stupid. And then every time they make a big fucking mistake, they say, oh, well, sorry, man, won't happen again. You know, a lot of you people out there, you've raised kids. What do kids do? Oh, sorry, won't happen again. If there's no repercussion, if there's no punishment, and I'm not saying go out there and be whooping everyone's ass or anything, what I'm trying to tell you is that it, there has to be some kind of standard. And the world, as it stands in 2020, does not have a standard. And see, it took a long time for society to demand a standard. And I was talking about this with a friend of mine over the weekend. So I actually looked up the dates for the Constitution. I, I knew they were, I knew the Bill of Rights was after the Constitution by quite some bit. But it was four years. Four years. What do you think those four years would have looked like in the United States of America before the Bill of Rights was written? Thomas Paine, I'm pretty sure it was Thomas Paine, used to say, we didn't fight a king off our shores to elect one on our shores. And we've come so far from that, it's, it's like a fire in you, man. 
It's a fire. It's a burning desire. God did not put you on the planet Earth to be a fucking slave. You are not here to be a slave to anyone or anything. You are all that is, was, and ever shall be. You are not on the planet to be a mask-wearing, doo-doo, caca, breath-inhaling, subservient, sign-in-this-QR-code, sign-in-that-QR-code, slave. Now, unfortunately for us, human beings are a herd species, and we have to learn to convince the herd that the temporary threat of rejection by the herd is worth a lifetime of independence. This is where the name for the podcast comes from. Wolves Within. Every person. I don't care what your skin color is, what gender you want to identify as, I don't care. There is a portion of you that is all that is, was, and ever shall be. Whether you choose to accept it or not, that, that's not up to me. That's the part you got to do on your, on your own. But you either accept that, feed it, and live with it every day, or you bury your head in the sand, you ignore it, and you conform. Those are the two choices. And this is why the world, and for that matter, the army, hated me. Because they knew I was, the, I was a rabble-rouser. I was the guy that could get everybody wound up. I was the guy that could get everybody pissed off when we're doing some dumb shit. And then you try telling them, hey, man, we could do this, this, and this better and get it done way faster. Then they're so fucking insecure they get upset <laughs> and angry because that's politics for you. 48 laws of power, don't, out, don't outshine your master. Don't outshine your boss. You'll learn the hard way. So, anyway, speaking of, since we're speaking of paths and inner callings and whatnot, but I've been asked again to, I mean, I, I guess I could reframe the podcast. I, I'm not sure if I really want to. I, maybe I should just do two of them. Maybe I should do one for politics and then another one for something else. But as I've been avoiding this entire podcast, I didn't do one the last, what, two weeks. So I'm feeling like a total piece of shit because I promised two podcasts a couple of weeks ago and it never happened. But it's, I'm not going to come up with excuses. I'm just saying it's, it's not as easy as everyone thinks it is. And if you think it's so easy, then go do it yourself. So um, it's hard for me to imagine doing two podcasts at the same time, but that's why I really like the book idea. But anyway, here's the disclaimer so I don't get sued. I am not a doctor. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a psychologist. I have zero medical background besides articles that I read on the internet. 
And this is not medical advice. This is, this is my, what happened to me. This is my world. A lot of times people ask me if I'm better or worse since I've been off of medication. Now, as I've said on the podcast before, the pharmaceutical companies do not show you the entire trial studies and what helps and what doesn't help and what improves a patient and what doesn't. Sleep, more often than not, will actually improve a patient's symptoms more than the drug itself. But they obviously never publish that to, I mean, it's obvious, it is published, but it's, it's ignored, it's silenced, and it's minimalized. So when I was at the height of med changes and everything like that, the side effects were getting very, very, very severe. What I would consider severe, because it's funny, you tell the psychiatrist this and they don't think it's so severe. If it's not life-threatening, they don't think it's severe. So when you have something like impotence when you're 28, that's apparently not a big deal. When you have blurred vision, when you've had perfect vision your entire life, and you've been not only 20, 20, but 25, 30, 20 most of your life, that's not a big deal either. And I think that was that was what just set me off, man. That, that meaning was the last time I went to the psych ward, and that was because I straight up told him, I said, yeah, I'm going to fucking kill myself now. <laughs> like, this is pointless. Like, I'm literally telling you that I'm having some of the biggest psychological side effects that I could possibly have at 28, and your answer is, well, it's listed as a side effect, so, oh, well. And after going to the psych ward that time and coming out of it, that was when I, I decided, like, I'm going to break this habit. And mental health, just like, in my, in my opinion, coronavirus or any disease prevention, it's not easy. And this is why Americans, worldwide, because like I said in the other podcast, the whole world's fat, dumb, and stupid. I guess that's two adjectives that are the same, but we'll say what? Fat, dumb, and ignorant. There you go. Those are a little different. So, <laughs> people want to hear, they don't want to hear, look man, if you don't want to get sick, if you don't want to die from seriously a very extremely minor respiratory infection, you need to drink water, get exercise, get out in nature, be around your friends, be positive, this, that, and the other thing. No, they want the easy answer. They want just wear a fucking mask, stay in your house, drink beer, eat McDonald's, and just have the time of your life, man. Don't do any work whatsoever. And that's exactly how mental health works. Mental health is not, hey, man, let's figure out why these symptoms are being triggered, or let's figure out why you have these, you know, events that's that's what I'll call them why why do they happen why what like how are you feeling when you're going through these things what are you thinking like if oh it's psychosis well tell me about it they don't talk to you when you're in psychosis they just I've even had one lady at the VA laugh and smirk and and 
be gleeful as she signed my documents to lock me in there. So some of these people, I think, really do get off on the fact is I'm I'm right, they're wrong, I'm I'm working, they're broken. And there's a lot of abuse in those types of places for that reason, because the people that work them normally do think, and not all of them, there's some great human beings out there, but some of the people, just like in elder care, think that they're better. Everything's a burden. Everything's work. Everything's this. Everything's that. It's like no one asks you to do this for a living, man. I get it. So the pay sucks and the hours suck. That's not my fault. I'm just a product. But anyway... The point is, is that, and this is something that I would do, and it's actually interesting because I'm reading a book by the, the Zulu shaman, Credo Mutwa, who actually passed away in March, and I was sad to learn when he died, but I'm actually pretty happy that he did because he he's done, he's done enough in his life. He didn't deserve 2020. He didn't deserve to, to be dragged down by all this bullshit. But anyway, he was saying that it's actually a, um, well, they, they, what is it, Sang, Sangoma? That's what they call shamans. It's a Sangoma's role to never argue with the patient, ever, no matter what. And this is how you build the trust between the two. And when someone comes in and they're having hallucinations, you don't tell them, oh, that's not real, you're, you're fucked up, you need meds, you immerse yourself in the hallucinations. And a lot of the time, I feel like with mental health, people get so trapped by their own thoughts because they're so worried about what someone else is going to say to them if they tell them those thoughts, and are they going to lock them up over it? Are they going to increase the meds over it? Because let's face it, from my experience, here we go, because I'm not a doctor. From my experience, I would say that, yes, when you take those pills, you are zombified. You are numbed out. They are treating, they are treating symptoms, not the disease. It would be like if you had cancer and they gave you pet pills because you were tired. No, they give you chemo, which I'm not a huge fan of either, but... I think there's there's got to be a better way to fight cancer than to literally put poison into their body. But once again, I'm not a doctor. So anyway, the point is, is that you don't chop off your hand to save a finger. So when you're constantly being fed medications in the mental health world, in Western society anyway, that's why the medications have to keep changing. And it's all your doses also have to keep changing because your body's natural response to those medications is treating it as a poison. So every time they give you a medication, your body's eventually going to suppress the effects of that medication. And that's why they just have to keep going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. There's no such thing as a perfect dose. And anyone that's been on medications knows there's no such thing as a perfect dose. So... Anyway, long story short, I'm really hearing a lot of cries out there in the public about how hopeless they are because of their mental health status and what they're dealing with, and I'm, I'm going to have to do something about it. 
I mean, I can't even imagine writing a book, but it, I've said it from the get-go, but when it comes to the podcast or anything else that I do, if it can help one person, I'll do it. Because I've been the person looking and looking and looking and looking for help. And I know what it's like to feel like you're completely, 100% alone and hopeless. Because that's what leads to suicide. It's the hopelessness. It's thinking that not only is the next day not going to be, or not, not only is the next day going to be worse than the day that you're in, but the days after for the foreseeable future are going to be worse than the day that you are in. So it's like severing the connection right then and there because you believe that it's, it's not going uphill at all. And it's hard to see things five years from then when you're in those types of moods. But if anyone's listening that's feeling that depressed, I would say you have no idea where you will be in five years. You might think you do, but you don't know. Life has a habit of changing. So, anyway. Oh, here the computer did its thing where it's deciding to dark out, even though I have it set not to do that. But, anyway. Um, what else should I talk about? Really, some of this stuff I feel like I'm going to have to do it on another podcast because we're... Probably, if I had to guess, at like the 40-minute mark. And that's usually about how far people can go. Which, it's about how far I could go. Um, I guess I'll close, because the election's coming up with voting. If you have the opportunity to vote, please do it in person. Please do. And if you're one of those people listening and you think voting's pointless... Um, I think that's a very apathetic and that kind of thinking allows you to keep the moral high ground on something that you shouldn't be able to keep moral high ground on. If you were a smart voter, you would understand that even if Republican and Democrat are both being run by the same company, so to speak, if you flip seats, it changes everything. And power in politics is everything. And I don't care who's running their show. You start flipping districts and you start flipping Senate seats and governorships and all the rest of it, dude, you're, you're shaking the system, I guarantee it. And that's why we're seeing this vehement, is that a word or does it have to be vehemently? You're seeing the system vehemently fight Trump because, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure how far on the side of the people he is. I don't see him as, like the left, the left has Jesus George St. Floyd, while the right has Jesus Donald St. Trump. So I'm obviously a supporter, everyone knows that, but I'm not. How the COVID shit has been handled by him makes me question who's pulling his strings. It really does. And there's a very famous quote in one of the books that I've read called None Dare Call It Conspiracy. And the guy opens the book by saying, 
look, Republicans and Democrats are the same. Republicans just, or they believe the same. Republicans just get you there slower. And that's what you've seen. And that's why I spoke with the right-wing pundits earlier. I was going to mention that about how none of them are pro-free speech. When you start saying, like, oh, we're pro-free speech until it's, I don't know, like, oh, you make fun of this group, or you say this thing, or you say that thing, you're not free speech. Free speech, in my opinion, is infinite. And I don't know about the fire thing, because that's what it, like, we gave them that court case, and now you're seeing it just carried out further and further and further and further and further. My thing would be if, like, someone runs in my house and says, fire, fire, fire. Like, I'll be like, really? I don't smell it. You know, where is it? Oh, it's over there. And then you're like, oh, I don't think it is. But whatever, you know, like, but that's the world we live in. We protect stupidity. We don't punish it. So government loves stupid people because they're subservient. They're easy to control. So anyway... Um, please vote, and I've had my troubles with voting, and ironically, it didn't work, and mind you, I have a VPN, and if people don't know what a VPN is, a VPN protects your IP address, and you could set your IP address for all sorts of different countries, and I use a VPN, and I try to do it on, I try to do it off, I try to do it on a computer, try to do it on my phone, wasn't happening, and I thought, well, this is odd, and then... I thought, well, all my technologies, serial numbers are registered to my name. So let me try my girlfriend's phone. And sure, lo and behold, it worked first try. And I feel like the state of Illinois was doing their damnedest to make sure that I can't vote because they know, they obviously know who I'm going to vote for. And I've also had trouble getting onto Trump's campaign page. And, like, a lot of trouble, and I'm actually going to have to call their support or something and tell them that it's happening, because... And what what blows my mind is that 2020 is so divisive between the two parties that you can't even get someone from the left to agree that spying on a candidate's campaign is probably not a good thing for democracy. And there's someone, it's not democracy, it's a representative republic. Whatever you want to call it, representative republic. There you go. Representative republic. It's not good for a representative republic. So, the fact that I have people in my life that I'm close to that don't see a problem with spying on a president's campaign, I don't know where we're going from here, man. I don't know. But, like I heard on... Pete Evans' podcast today, you can't be living in fear, man. Like, there's a difference between a healthy dose of reality, and I'm loose-term reality, and living your own life. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to live your own life. But that doesn't mean go out and be a slave. Because if there's one point that I want to make from this podcast, it's that you were not created by God to be a slave. Period. End of story. Anyone that comes at you in 2020 without a message of love and hope and don't be a slave, they're not they're not on your side, man. <laughs> they're the ones enslaving. So, so on that note, um, I say hopefully everyone had a good weekend. Uh, 
Hope you're enjoying the reality show that is the election and stay safe and stay close with your community and stay safe with your family. Make sure you're there for one another. That's why we're here. We're here to be there for one another. And uh, with that, I'll be probably catching up another time this week. So with that, stay woke. They walk for